Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 59. And we are fucking fine. That's literally your rhyme every time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of our podcast right there. Everyone turned us off. We won the podcasting right there. We don't have to go on anymore. They may be turning us off, but it's because we won. Uh-huh. My Not- heart will go on. First things first. I'm the realist. That's old as fuck. I, I mean, mean, who is she? So is your, and we so fine, or what? It's <laughs> retro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, really, back to first things first. Lisa G. from Ohio, welcome to the Creepinati. Thank you so much for being a Patreoner. We couldn't do it without y'all's support. All right, so I want to talk about something. And this isn't really normally what we do, but I just wanted to tell everybody a little bit about shit that's been going down just around us lately and to talk about and just I want to say how much I love our community that has been created online, like Mm -hmm. with us. I mean, with everybody. I don't mean like ours isn't we own it. I mean, ours isn't everybody that's in our online community and how supportive we are for each other and supporting each other's mental health and It's like a no-judgment zone, all the things. Because recently, we had a friend pass from a drug overdose that we grew up with. I mean, we hadn't seen him in a long time and all of that. But, you know, it's it's hard when it's someone that you've known since you were five years old. He was my first crush. Yeah. and I let him touch my boob in third grade. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just being real. You know why? I had, okay, it was like talk to the hand or whatever, uh-huh. and it was like a badly drawn like cartoon or whatever on my shirt because you know I love the graphic tees. Uh huh. And the hand was like right there on oh, my yeah. boob, and he like put his hand like ooh, what is and I was like okay. Oh my god! Because you know I didn't wear a bra then, but I needed to. Damn, <laughs> Tiffany, you know. So we also had. A friend of ours recently be the victim of a hate crime in which he was physically assaulted because he's part of the LGBTQ community. And so it's just been some heavy stuff that's happened. And I just feel like it's important to highlight not only the things that people are going through, but also the people who are the light in the times of this and how important it is to take care of your mental and physical health and to support people who you love no matter anything. Yeah. Because it it shouldn't even be said no matter anything because it doesn't fucking matter. You should just love people. You know what I mean? And so I just felt like it was important to say that and that we support y'all and you know, we're here for y'all and take care of yourselves. Yes, for sure. And I say that to us too. Yes. Well, and I know I've been having a hard month mm-hmm. and Carrie has too, mm-hmm. but y'all have been the highlight of my fucking days every time. For sure. It's like, oh my God, I'll get on Facebook and my day goes so much better. Mm-hmm. So thank y'all for that. Yeah, I don't know what, and somebody even posted that in the Facebook group just recently. Like, this past month or two has just been, I don't know if it's, like, something with the moon or the, I don't know, shit I don't understand. Yeah. Something's aligning, and it's fucking everybody up, and I don't like it. Can it unalign? 
that's not even a word, I don't think. <laughs> so I know that's pretty heavy. I mean, not that our whole podcast isn't heavy, but the beginning's not usually that heavy. And But I felt like it was important for us to kind of take a minute and recognize the need for support for our friends and family mm-hmm. and standing up for what's right, but also taking care of yourself and seeking help when you need it. And again, that goes for us as well. Definitely. Because I have a doctor's appointment coming up and I'm going to be like, you bitch, you got to up my Zoloft. All right. Now, now that we're done with that heavy stuff, you want to go into the heavy stuff that they're actually here for? <laughs> yeah. Is this going to piss me the fuck off? Well, I feel like, don't they all? No. I've definitely had... Some get you extra lit. Mm-hmm. This one is... Is. Okay. Pieces of it will. Pieces of it will. So you know how I love Real Housewives of all the counties and places. Oh, fuck. You doing Judice? No. Oh. They just stole money. I'm not into white-collar crime like that. I want the blood and guts. Recently, I was catching up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I love. One of my favorite casts. And Lisa Renna's on that cast. hmm And her mom came to visit. Her mom is 90 years old. Fuck. Fucking in better shape than I am. Like, she's amazing. Well, when they were recording that season that's airing now, it was right around the time of all the Brett Kavanaugh stuff and the, the beginning of the Me Too movement. And there was some discussion on the, sh- the episode of who do they believe versus not believe, whatever. That's not what I'm getting into. I ain't touching that with a 10-fucking-foot pole. But her mom was there when they started talking about all that. Well, the next morning, you know how they always, like, the next day, they, like, Showed mm-hmm. them, like, debriefing with their family kind of thing. And she and her mom were talking, and her mom was actually a victim of an assault by a co-worker. Oh, fuck. So her mom told the story, and basically what went down was, her mom's name is Lois. Lois was invited by a co-worker. He and his wife had just had a baby, and he was like, do you want to come to my house to see the new baby? <gasps> And so he, she knew him and the wife. And so she's like, sure. You know, she gets in his car. And again, coworkers. Right. Well, instead of going to his house, he drives off into this like desolate area. And she's like, what the fuck? Where are you going? And he ends up pulling off on the side of the road and is like climbs on top of her. Has a knife in one hand and a hammer in the other hand. What the fuck? And is trying to... Chisel her? No. Trying to rape her and then to kill her. What the fuck? Well, about this time, a military policeman was, like, like going around, whatever policemen do, and was like, wait, why are they... It was, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, and he was like, why are they coming down this isolated road? Like, they shouldn't be down here. Yeah. So he just, like, went up behind them to see what was going on. He got that good intuition. hmm And so the coworker is trying to, like, hurry up and kill her. Oh, my gosh. He stabs her in the hand and hits her over the head twice with the hammer. What the fuck? And she ends up, like, scrambling, like, fighting him off. And Fucking scrambling, spitfire. I know, and falling out, like somehow falling out of the car. Well, he gets out to chase her, and the military policeman shoots him in the leg. Pew pew. Yeah, just like that. And so 
they both survive, obviously. It's Lisa Renna. This happened before Lisa Renna was even born. Gosh. And so the man gets arrested and goes to jail. Well, on the episode of Real Housewives, Lisa said, you know, she didn't know what happened to her mom until she was 18. And she always just knew that her mom couldn't smell, had no sense of smell, and had, like, a metal plate in her head. And she said that, like, she, her mom told her when she was a kid that she had a, she, all of that because a kid hit her on the head with a hammer on the playground. Oh, my So it gosh. wasn't until she was, like, 18, you know. And so they were just talking about when women report versus don't report versus tell family members versus don't, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And she was like, I was 18 before my mom even told me. And this guy went to jail. So after he attacked Lois... He was sentenced to seven years in jail. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, also, can she use her hand? Well, mm-hmm. I was just wondering, because, you know, my mama cut her ring finger on a Coke bottle, and that lady got that tangled up in my hair every time she did my hair. <laughs> so he got seven years in prison for, I think it was attempted murder and kidnapping. Seven fucking years. Wow. And so that was in 1960. Her co-worker's name was David Carpenter, and he later became known as the Trail Side Killer. <gasps> mm-hmm. So, David Carpenter was born in San Francisco. His father and his mother were both severe alcoholics. They both abused him. One thing I read said that, or listened to, said that his mom was, was almost blind, but I don't really know about that. And then they tried to correlate it to... So he had a very bad stutter. I think what they were trying to do was to show the abuse and how his stuttering, like, was brought on and worsened by the abuse. But how they said it was like his mom and his mom was almost blind, and that led to his severe stuttering problem. And I was like, mm, I don't know why that. I don't understand the. Yeah. That's a big leap. So I don't. Yeah. I didn't understand. But I think what they were trying to say was that. The way he was abused and ridiculed and all of that just made his stuttering significantly worse. And, of course, he never received treatment, never got speech therapy. He never got any type of yeah. intervention to help him. So, of course, because kids are assholes, he was teased. And his parents, so you have this kid who you're not getting any help for, for stuttering and all that. But his parents forced him to do extracurricular activities that, at the time were very feminine, such as ballet and violin. Now, no, who gives a shit? But, yeah, I mean, you know, he attacked Lois in 1960, so I don't, I don't actually know what year he was born, but I think it was, at the very least, in the 40s, like yeah. 1940 or earlier. So, you know, you can just kind of get an idea of what the culture was like then. Yeah. He also wet the bed way further into age than he... Than is typical. Gosh. Um, and he also started hurting animals, <gasps> which we know. So the McDonald triad, that's the three characteristics that are typically seen in childhood for people who later become serial killers. Okay. Peeing in bed mm-hmm. and hurting animals. Mm-hmm. And I know, I feel like most are just those two. Yeah. What's the other one? Like obsession with fires. Oh, yeah. But see, I really thought it was going to be head injury. Like, you know, but I think it's more what they do versus what 
has happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not like abuse or a head injury. It's right. like what their actions are. So mm-hmm. anyway, when he was 17 years old, this motherfucker molested two of his cousins. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is he? A dugger? Damn! <laughs> she went there! Oh, shit! Here's the thing, too. Nothing really says, well, nothing that I could find, really said, I'm not trying to find out what he did, but, like, how he did it is what I want to yeah. know. Like, were they just at his house and it was, like, a one-time thing, which is still, he needs to fucking go to jail. Or was it, like, a continuous thing where he, like, was grooming? You know, like, yeah. what was the level of manipulation Yeah, and yeah, stuff? yeah. But all I could find, I don't know, even know the ages of the younger cousins. All I could find was that it was two younger cousins. A lot of stuff said, too, to protect their identity because they were underage. and Yeah. You know, yada, yada. Well, he only went to jail for a year. <gasps> so now we're two crimes in that, I mean, clearly out of order, but yeah. that he should have gone to jail for a long fucking time. Yeah. The one against Lois, he should have gone away for life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, he was trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when is attempted murder going to be taken as seriously as murder? Right? Honestly, yes. Get on that soapbox, Carrie, because... I will in a minute. Oh, shit. No, oh, I, no, 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 no. Oh, gosh. No. Well, I might. Okay. <laughs> he did some time in the Coast Guard, and he got an honorable discharge, blah, blah, blah. We don't care about that. He, what? How could he be in the Coast Guard if he was... I don't know. I, I don't know. Because, I guess because he was under 18 when it happened with his cousins. Sneaky, sneaky. Because, so he got married in 1955, and he attacked Lois in 60. So, he and his wife had three kids. Some stuff was saying, like, even after he got out of jail for sexually assaulting his cousins, he was still assaulting kids. But I never saw anything that was like, how many, or was it proven, or was it just kind of conjecture? I don't know. Some of the stuff also said, even, like, when he was married, he was very demanding for about sex for his from his wife, but he still stalked women. So the year after he got out of jail for his attack on Lois, he ended up being arrested again for one count of assault with intent to commit murder and two counts of assault with a deadly fucking weapon. What the fuck? He was sentenced to 14 years. What the fuck? This is his third time. Mm-hmm. So, while he's in jail this time, his wife divorces him. The psychiatrist at the prison diagnosed him as a sociopath. And here's the thing, though. He only served nine years of it. And this got released. Yeah. Not long after he, like, like, pretty much right after he got released, too, he got married again. And yet... We're over here single. (laughs) Yeah, but would you really want him? Not killing people. But would you want him, though? I'm just saying. I'd rather be single than be with him. Oh, for sure. I'm saying this motherfucker, in his spare time of, because you know he's on the prowl all the time, Mm -hmm. he's got someone, like, on the side. Mm Mm-hmm. Why is it never enough? Right? But, I mean, not just for, like, sociopaths. Like, for people who have affairs and all of that, like... Why is it never enough? Because it's not on the person that they're the the cheat e, you know. Yeah, like it the it's the cheater that's never satisfied. Mm-hmm. Why? I have no idea. I will not cheat on you. I will be like, we're through. Bye, and then go with someone. But I ain't ever gonna cheat 
on anyone. Mm-mm. If I'm in it, I'm in it, you know? Yeah. And also, I don't have any fucking time. I don't even have time for a one di- for one dude, much less I thought multiple. you were going to say one dick. <laughs> like, I mean, that too. <laughs> I mean. Look, between full-time. I, I wish. No. Between full-time job, podcast, which is a full-time job, and the extra work on the weekends, I ain't got no fucking time Mm-mm. to sleep, much less to have a little fuck boy. Right. Okay. His second marriage quickly ended, though. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so in, so all in one day, he was in his car, and he hit a woman in her car so that he could, like, get her to get out and all of that. Oh. And so he tried to rape her. Then he succeeded and stabbed her. <gasps> but she got away and was able to remember his license plate. Badass. Well... At, right after that, he broke into another woman's house, kidnapped, raped her, and stole her car. What the fuck? And then, like, five days later, stole another woman's car and then raped another woman. But the thing is, is that that last woman, her infant was in the car during no. the time. But they said, like, that he actually treated the infant well. I mean, other than the fact of he attacked his fucking mother in front of the infant. Wow. Anyway. So, he ended up being arrested later that same day. What did he get? Six days? While he was waiting for his trial to happen, he escaped. Who is this? Ted Bundy? I don't know. And there were four other inmates with him, but they were all, like, caught very quickly. So, after he escaped and got caught, he made a plea bargain. He was convicted of robbery and kidnapping. But not long after that, he was paroled to a federal halfway house. Are you fucking kidding me? He's got a case of affluenza. The thing is, though, is that there are people fucking in prison for fucking weed. Right. For longer than this motherfucker is. For raping and kidnapping and assault with a fucking knife or a gun or a hammer and this motherfucker raping kids and this shithead keeps fucking getting out yes oh my god it's like he has been out and done worse yeah every single time he's escalated every single time if they would have fucking locked him up and thrown away the fucking key when he attacked lois like should have happened Mm -hmm. the rest of the story would have ended there yep so that was in May of 79. So we're flashing forward to August 19th of 79. That's my mama's birthday. It sure is. Hey, mama. Hey, little mama. Actually, we called her Big Mama, mm-hmm. and that was her password. Mm-hmm. And DirecTV came to hook up the stuff. He was like, oh, I can hook it to the internet. What's your password? And I was like, B-I-G-M-A-M-A. He was doing it, and he was like, Oh, okay. That's what's up. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, you got two right here. Mm-hmm. We can't forget that. He uh, definitely liked extra large pizzas. <laughs> anyway, sorry. When I said little mama, I was like, actually, it's big mama. There was a girl. Her name was Edna Kane. And she's 44. She's married. Bank exec. Living her best life. Damn. Really athletic, right? Mm-hmm. And... 
she liked to go hiking and running on the the hiking trails. Because, mm-hmm. again, we're out in, like, San Francisco. It's beautiful, nice weather, yes. all the things. It's not humid right? as a fucking swampy toad's ass like it's here. <laughs> so she wanted to go. Nobody could go with her, so she went by herself. Well, she went to an area called the Sleeping Lady. It was, a like, a trail. Kind of, it like, it overlooked the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Well, later that day, she didn't come home. And so her husband's like, fuck, oh, my God. Like, what if she fell and needs medical assistance on the trail? Like, yeah. shit. So she call, he calls the police. And, again, they think that she's, in, you know, I don't know, had a heart attack, broken ankle, something. And so they sent out a search team. They sent out dog handlers, too, again, just in case she had, like, fallen and was on part of the trail that people couldn't get to. Yeah. The dogs could, like, go down and try to find her. They found her car. Her car was... Like, exactly how she left it. Like, pristine, everything. So, like, okay, well, nothing's amiss here. Like, she didn't come back here. But they kept looking that night, and they couldn't find her. Well, the next morning, they found her body. Oh, God. And she had a bullet wound in the back of her skull. And they found her, like, face down in the ground. But she was, like, on her knees and her face in the ground. And so they are like, well, whoever attacked her, like put her in some, like, submissive-type pose, mm-hmm. thinking that maybe they wanted her to, like, beg for her life or, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're just trying to kind of put the pieces together of what this is because this is also 79. Stuff People are starting to try to like, figure stuff out about serial killers. Like, yeah. think Mindhunter. They also found out that she had some stuff taken from her wallet, like credit cards, $10 in cash. Oh, my gosh. And glasses... But all of her jewelry was left. All they knew about Edna's death was that she was shot once in the back of the head with a forty-four caliber gun, and that it was like it was execution style. And they were like, "Well, she's not raped. We there's there's no other evidence. Like there's nothing. The only other thing they had was some witnesses said that they saw two men. One was blonde, acting really weird." He had a jacket on that was too heavy for the season, and like he was sweaty, and that he used his, the jacket to cover his face. But that was that was all they had. No footprints, nothing. And so it went unsolved. And you know, at first people were really on guard, I guess you could say. And then yeah. it was just like shit went back to normal because nothing came of it. All right, we're flash forwarding to March now, and Barbara Schwartz, she was twenty three, she was out. She had her dog with her. They were hiking. and But during this murder, she had been stabbed repeatedly. Oh, getting more brutal. And so, yeah, she's not shot at all. Her wounds are in the chest. And there was a witness who said that she saw the whole thing. Oh. And that she was actually the one who led the rangers to the crime scene. This witness said it was a th- the, that the man was athletic, thin, about 25, he had like a hawk-type nose, dark hair, and he wore hiking boots. And that she saw him walk up to Barbara, and Barbara's dog started barking. Because fucking dogs know. I mean, they oh, know. Yeah. All of a sudden, he just started stabbing Barbara. And as soon as Barbara went down, he ran off. The police did find a pair of bifocal glasses that had blood all over them. And they were like, please let this belong to the killer. So what happens after this is that the police 
run run with this like they get a sketch made of the guy and they've got it posted everywhere they're starting to put it together that maybe the the two deaths are related some kids ended up finding a boning knife kind of by the crime scene mm-hmm. and so and it had blood on it well so the police like went to see if that knife could lead to anything but they couldn't it was like from bought from like a chain mm-hmm. and so it would be like trying to figure out who bought this at Walmart yeah. you know what i mean and not knowing whatever back in the 70s right or i'm sorry 80s so also a tv reporter had touched it oh so, shit bye bye fucking fingerprints mm-hmm. they also found that the bifocals that they found were actually prison issue. Oh. And so they're like, hmm, who has recently gotten out of prison? Especially, who's gotten out of prison has sex crimes? And... And needs bifocals, too. And who resembles the witness's description? Hulk knows. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get shit from it. And so the FBI's it getting involved, like, again, how I said... Picture Mind Hunter. Mm-hmm. John Douglas's first book, Mind Hunter, mm-hmm. talked about this case because he was involved in trying to like nail down the Fuck. yeah the shit. There were two pretty close like close calls where there's a potential they could have caught who it actually was, but because they were going off of the wrong like the description that the eyewitness gave was not who it actually is. Oh shit! And so it was completely fucked up like it, it fucked everything up because that's what the police were going off yeah. of and so like basically catfished i mean legit and so like somebody had the police questioned a guy who had actually said that he had been attacked in a con- like an attack at a convenience store but they didn't have access to the apb put out by another county and just like some of that stuff so they couldn't put the pieces together and then they didn't realize that there had been a robbery. You know, just all these yeah. different things. Like, that they just couldn't time of it, all that stuff. God, it was so disjointed back yes. then. And then, the next day, a man went to Barbara Schwartz's eye doctor to get a new pair of glasses. These damn glasses! And here's the thing, though. The police questioned him about, the like, the prescription and stuff, but... They didn't know anything about glasses being found at the scene. Oh, my gosh. Plus, he didn't look anything like the picture. Yeah. So, go ahead. So, now we're going into October. This is October 15th. At this time, people are really starting to get terrified, too, of the trails and, you know, going out alone to hike and all of that. But there were, of course, some people that were like, it's fine. It's safe. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, Ann Alderson, she was 26 years old. She had been in the Peace Corps, and she was like, I want to go hiking. I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, she's seen some shit. So. Mm-hmm. Ann is out living her best life, you know, going on the trails and stuff. She People, like, who worked in the park saw her sitting. There was, like, this 5,000-seat amp- amphitheater, and she was the only one sitting in there. And she was just, like, sitting there watching the sunset and, you know, doing yeah. her thing. Like, And he even said... The caretaker was like, you know, I thought about telling her, like, she probably needs to go, like, it's getting, you know, for safety kind of thing. And he was like, but I didn't want to disturb her. She was found. She had been shot with a thirty-eight caliber pistol. 
it went through the right side of her head. But this time, it was different than all the others because she actually had been raped mm. and then allowed to get dressed. Really? Yes. Blessed. She probably thought she was okay. Yeah. After she was killed, I get, the killer took her right earring, or I guess it was missing. Oh my God, I thought you meant her ear. ear. No, 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 no. And then they, he, the killer propped her up, face up, like against a rock. Like laying her there, like her face against the rock. So, based on the way that Anne was positioned, they were like, okay, well, you know, let's put these pieces together that she's related to Etta's death, too, because, hello, they're positioned very similarly. Yeah. Now we're moving on into November. So, they're thinking, we hadn't had anybody die in, like, you know, a month. We're doing good, like, even though they have no idea who the fuck it is. Yeah. But then... All of a sudden, on one day, four bodies were found. Holy fuck. And it seemed like they had been killed in pairs. So one of them, Shauna May, she was supposed to meet some friends in the in one of the national parks to go hiking, like November 28th. But this park was a, like a little bit north of San Francisco, and so it wasn't really part of the parks that had been targeted yeah thank you i couldn't think of the word but when she didn't show up her friends were like oh fuck and you know called police it was two full days before they found her body she had been tied up with picture frame wire damn Mm -hmm. she was shot three times in the head and then she also had been raped she was completely nude and her body had been pushed it like in this kind of shallow trench and then right beside her basically was 22 year old diana o'connell same thing she's supposed to be hiking with friends went missing and like okay so when they were hiking she and her friends diana one was in front of her and someone was behind her on the path like a little ways ahead and a little ways behind they never saw her get taken Oh, And never saw her, like, can you imagine? No. So, both of the victims were laying pretty much together. I mean, like, they were basically touching. Wow. Um, They were both face down. Diana had been shot once in the head. But they think that they were actually both shot about the same time. Because a hiker said that they heard four shots, like, mid-afternoon. So, with the amount of times they were each shot, it stands to reason they were shot at the same time. Yeah. Their clothes were all, like, in a backpack right there. And then Diana had some underwear stuffed in her mouth. Oh. Diana was also strangled with the picture frame wire. And, like I said, I think I already said that, that she was raped. So, while they were, you know, searching and all that, because these bodies had been found, that's when they found two more bodies that were, like, a half mile away. So, the two bodies... One was Cynthia Moreland. She was only 18. Oh, fuck. And the other was Richard Stowers, and he was 19. And he was the first male victim. Yeah. So this pair had been reported missing since October 11th. And they were never found. They were engaged. And Rick was actually in the Coast Guard, and he was considered AWOL in the Coast Guard. Wow. I mean, because they were missing for over, like, six weeks, you know? Yeah. So, actually, the autopsy, like, timeline-wise, they were killed a few days before Anne 
Alderson. Wow. Ballistics were were starting to like put these murders together too, so they were getting more forensic evidence. Yeah. All right. Remember how I said Douglas was all involved with the mine hunter sh- stuff, right? Mine hunter. Sh- <laughs> like I couldn't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't cuss on this podcast. <laughs> That's just nasty language. Okay. Well, at this time, the media dubbed it Trailside Killer, and again, this was the new wave of the special profilers in the FBI. It was all new and they were really starting to look at like victimology and all those criminal minds words. Yeah. Well, Douglas actually went to San Francisco to look at all the crime scene data. And so he developed a profile and it was a little, I don't want to say controversial, but it was a little controversial because it was different than what the local psychologists had said Mm. because the local psychologists were like oh well he's going to be super charming like very sophisticated good looking like basically profiled ted bundy Mm -hmm. well in their words yeah and douglas was like well he's going to be a local who's very familiar with the area he's going to be shy very reclusive and he may have a speech impediment whoa Mm -hmm. Again, Douglas is going completely opposite of what the local psychologist said. He's like, look, you know, he's going to be very unsure of himself in social situations. Victims are not, like, the victimology is opportunity, not preference. Yeah. And that's so true about him being shy because he's in the woods. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was going to be kind of like a blue-collar guy that was intelligent. They said he's going to be white. He's going to... Has spent time in jail. They're like, he's always going to like be like a quote, like a spider. Like, that's what's yeah. his quote. Like, he's going to approach from behind, surprise the victim, so that he can, like, be super aggressive and just overwhelm the victim. Douglas also said that he would have at least two of the McDonald triad. Wow. Um, yeah. And that, like, he thought that there would be some sort of stressor because, it like, he knew that the guy had committed sexual assaults, rapes before, but not killed. And then when, so because he was so specific with the guy having the speech impediment that the people, the task force people were like, that's fucking bullshit. There's no way you could fucking know that. Like, how could you fucking know that? And basically he said that because he always approached them from behind, it was in secluded areas. He never pulled them from like a social situation. So, he knew that there was something about him that caused him to be shy. But he, and so he like for some people, it could be like a physical impairment. Mm-hmm. But because he was able to overpower the victim so so well, he knew that it wasn't a physical handicap. And so he was like, there's got to be some other type of deficit. I hate to say deficit, but, you know, other something that bothers him. But again, I think why some people were so like, well, what's the fucking point of this profiling bullshit? Because it doesn't it doesn't offer a lead. Yeah. It just helps us be like, oh, we got a suspect. Does he fit this criteria? It might be him. Yeah, you know, the police had created like a, a task force that they they started like a what's it when they have like code words, like a like a secret ops. Yeah, like a I think it was like. God dang it. I just watched this and it said what it was. I think it was something 555. Anyway, 
but where they were like had all these people stay all these undercover officers and stuff staking out all these different hiking trails so that if some shit went down they could be there like in an instant right yeah and catch the guy block off all the exits for every single place in the county and catch him yeah so they were ready they had their plan well on march 29th of 81 ellen marie hansen and stephen hurtle were going out on a hike and while they're out hiking a man came up to them and as the man gets closer Steve notices he's got a pistol in his hand. Well, he starts threatening them with a gun and tells them to let him rape Ellen. And she's like, absolutely not. And Steve's well, like, one that wouldn't be rape. Right. <laughs> Can you let me assault you? And like, come on. Mm-hmm. Well, Steven's like, no, dude, like, just let us go. I'm assuming he did the whole, we won't tell anybody, you know, just yeah. let us fucking go. But the guy just lifted the gun and shot Ellen once in the head and once in the shoulder. Fuck. So Steve is, like, freaking out and is, like, scrambling, trying to get away. And then he's shot. The bullet went through his neck. And then the man fled the area. Well, Steve didn't die. Wow. So he gets up and he's like hobbling trying to find and he finds some other hikers so they call police and all that and you're like yes that's going to trigger like all this county shutdown blah blah Mm -hmm. blah but no because this was almost in santa cruz it was 80 miles south of san francisco oh shit so all that plan that they had in place great wonderful but didn't fucking work when you're 80 miles south yeah so since steven or steve i think he went by both i don't know he didn't tell me. He was able to give them a description. When they showed him the picture of the original sketch, sketch he was like, that's not him. <laughs> so Steve's like, that's not him. Let me tell you what it looked like. So he said that the guy had crooked yellow teeth. Ew. And he said, the guy in your picture is like 25. This guy was about 50. <gasps> and he's balding. And he wore dark glasses. He had a backpack with him, had a gold jacket that had some lettering on it, black baseball cap. They said he was about, or sorry, Steve said he was about 5'10", maybe about 6 feet tall, about 170 pounds. They had also found some other witnesses that were able to give descriptions. And again, completely different than the sketch that they had, but all the same that Steve had described. So they released the new sketch and was like, look, we got these men, you know, from from what I understood, they didn't say like, hey, our other sketch was wrong. They just were like, hey, here's another sketch about, you know, another guy. Well, after they released the sketch, they got a call from a lady that said, hey, I was on a cruise to Japan like 26 years ago and there was a purser on that cruise ship. And that he was really inappropriate with her daughter. And she was like, he had a stutter. He just, you know, made her very uncomfortable. And her name was, I mean, sorry. And his name was David Carpenter. Mm. And so the police were like, okay, we'll look into it, you know. And she could even prove that that was his name because he had signed her daughter's book. Wow. He would have got away with it if it wasn't for that meddling kid. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
of course, there's like 7 billion David Carpenters in mm-hmm. California, right? And so, you know, they're trying to move forward, blah, 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 blah. Well, if the last attack on Steve and the murder of Ellen was not the beginning of the end for old David boy, this was. So on May 2nd, Heather Skaggs told her boyfriend, she was like, okay, hey, I found this ad for a guy that's selling a car. I'm going to go check out the car. So she wrote David Carpenter down on a sheet and gave it in a phone number and gave it to her boyfriend. I was like, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'll be back later. Well, so a few hours later when she hadn't come home, her boyfriend Dan was like, um, this is weird. And so since she had given, she'd actually given him David Carpenter's address too. So he went over to David's house and was like, hey, you know, where is she? You know, and he was like, David pretended like he never saw her. Mm-hmm. So now Dan, the boyfriend, is like, what the fuck? Calls the police and called the police, said like, hey, she never came back. He also said that David Carpenter had told Heather not to tell anybody where she was going and to bring $400 in cash for the car. It wasn't just like this random person. Like, she knew David Carpenter because... She was a student where he taught people, like, he had he had a degree in some computer typing something shit. And he she had taken, like, a class from him. So mm-hmm. he, it wasn't like he was this random person. It was yeah. like, hey, come along. Don't tell anybody and bring $400 cash. Like, it wasn't yeah. as sketch as it sounds. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Much like Lois. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a co-worker. There was no reason for her to not feel uncomfortable or to, you know, second-guess his motives. Well, through Heather's disappearance, though, the police are like, damn, this David Carpenter guy's coming up again. Yeah. Who the fuck is that? And so they're like, okay, this is too much of a fucking coincidence. We don't know shit about Heather yet because it's not like there's a body yet found or anything like that. She wasn't on a hiking trail. But let's check some police records. And they found David Carpenter's parole officer. Here, So here's the thing. That when police looked originally for, like, inmates that had been released, David Carpenter didn't show up because it was all a technicality. Because, oh, my God. Yeah. When he was released by California, it was to serve a federal sentence. And so, technically, while he was free, and he was in federal custody. And so, like, had that not happened, he might have been flagged and caught like much earlier well so detectives interview him about heather because they have a reason to interview him about heather you know she's supposed to go see him and they're like shit he really does look just like this composite of the trailside murderer and so they do some more digging and realize that he is a sex offender many fucking times over and so they start following him also so when the police finally arrest him this, this is just what a little piece of shit thing he is. When the agents told him, like, okay, you're under arrest, he was like, please don't hurt me. Like, he begged what them. What the to, fuck? Okay, so is that what your fucking victim said to you before you killed them? Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck face. Okay, Ariel Castro. Mm-hmm. You know what? I hate a fucking pussy. When they kill people and mm-hmm. then... It you know it turns on them. They are little can't handle it. Yes, and I'm like, I'm like come on. I know there was some other kind of circumstantial evidence. Like 
he had a red Fiat with a bent tailpipe. And then one of the witnesses from one of the previous things had seen a guy running away and getting in a, a red car and they thought it was a Fiat. This guy wants to be Ted Bundy. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. Like he is so much, I don't know, just so. 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 <laughs> well, so Carpenter, he, okay, David Carpenter actually had another fucking fiance. What the fuck? And she told him that he had lost the gold jacket around the time of the Hanson murder. Well, he said it had been stolen. MC Hammer done stole my golden jacket. Mm-hmm. And I told him, can't touch this. So they put him in a lineup. Steve is like, uh, that's him. Although, sidebar, one of the things I watched, it was like a little, you know, ID type show about him. Mm -hmm. And it like showed, you know, TV show Steve looking at a lineup. And it was, it was a lineup of three people. Oh, fuck. And it was like, none of them looked the same. It was like the guy that, who, you know, David. And then like, I don't know. Literally, they were all polar opposites. Like, it yeah. should have been a, a black man and an Asian man with it. Like, <laughs> oh, it was my God, like, I was about to say it was, that. It, like, it should have been a walked into a bar joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was ridiculous how much they did not look like. Wow. Okay. Lots of stuff with the trial and he, like, pleading innocent. He ended up being convicted for the deaths of Richard Stowers, Cynthia Moreland, Shauna May, Diane O'Connell, Ann Alderson, and Mary Frances Bennett. They're, quote, suspected of Barbara Schwartz, which, remember, she was the one that was stabbed. And then Etta Kane, she was the forty-four caliber. So everybody mm-hmm. else was the, well, what did I say, thirty-six caliber. So they are really sh- think that it's him. Like, they're like, it's mm-hmm. him, but... He's already been convicted of like six or seven people. And so. Yeah. Well, then he was also convicted for killing Ellen Marie Hansen and Heather Skaggs. But those were actually overturned later because they, a member of the jury had unlawfully referred to his prior conviction during their discussion. And so they got those thrown out. But lots of legal shit went down. But in 1997, the Supreme Court upheld his death penalty and. He is still on death row in San Quentin. Wow. And he's like the oldest inmate there. Holy fuck. Mm, he's, I think he's 80 now. Yeah. So that is the Trailside Killer. Wow. Well, yeah. I would never be one of his victims because my ass ain't outside. I know. You know, well, I'm outside, but I'm either at the beach or the pool mm-hmm. or on a boat. If you got a boat, hit me up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm very rarely on a boat, but I love them. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that one. Damn. Like, just think about so many victims. That could have, should have, never fucking happened. Yeah. If he would have been convicted like it should be. Mm-hmm. For fucking attempted murder. Right. Golly. There is no reason that someone who buys or sells or does drugs should go to prison for longer than someone who tries to kill somebody. Exactly. Okay. Ready for your story? I don't think you are. Uh Uh-oh. So, I was looking around on Reddit, doing a deep dive on shit that will probably get me on a watch list. 
You're you're not already on one? Well, maybe I am. I mean, all the cool kids are. I'm I mean, kidding. Facebook has me ad matched to everything. Oh, my God, I know. Well, I came across a post, and it was, like, really interesting. So I was like, I'm going to talk about this. On January 9th, 2016, a man named Danny posted on a thread on the paranormal subreddit. I know this means nothing to you. I don't... Uh, Reddit is like the fucking cloud. I don't <laughs> understand it. I mean, I'm I'm really not illiterate with technology, <laughs> but Reddit and the cloud are two things I just don't fucking understand. The cloud, I have Nobody no does. idea. No, hey, look, unless you invented the cloud, you don't understand what the fuck it is, yeah. where it is, how you get shit off of it or on it. Right. What your fucking password is to the damn cloud. <laughs> and nobody yes. fucking know. Oh, my gosh. Now, Reddit, I still don't understand all the way, but I can get lost in it because it's so interesting. Well, one time I downloaded the app, and I, that was like, that was, I don't, delete. <laughs> well, in his thread, he asked for help about a potential haunting. He said one weekend earlier, him and his friend went hiking in the Catskills in New York and found this really creepy statue, and uh, it was in a cave. And it was off a trail, not not like, oh, there's a cave. Let me go see it. It's, hey, let's go wander up in here. Mm-hmm. And then, it's, you know, you're just fucking around. And yeah. then, oh, cool. There's a cave. Yeah. Let's go explore. We would never do that. Uh, no. Why again, are all these people again, fucking hiking today? I know. Like, Netflix. It's saving lives one couch at a time. <laughs> Meanwhile heart disease yeah i was gonna say i mean it's killing you too but i mean at least you're not hiking i mean (laughs) the statue is kind of small and it's hand carved and it resembles a woman but like you know those eastern island like heads or whatever they're like stones Mm -hmm. only know that because it's a slot machine but, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, that helped me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, picture that, but, mm-hmm. like, wood carved, you know? Okay. So, in its eyes, there's nails hammered into it. Mm-mm-mm. And there's a noose around its neck. That sounds like some even harder core fucking voodoo doll shit, because mm-hmm. it's, what'd you say? It's concrete? What'd you no, say it's made wood. of? Wood. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> well, either way, it sounds like some voodoo doll shit. Yeah. So... It looks like it might be old, and beside it, there looked like there had been a fire at some point, so someone was in this cave at some point. So Danny, he was like, this statue wigged me the fuck out, but his buddy was like, I'm going to take it home. This uh-uh. is cool. No. Mm-hmm. And this this area, people say that there's devil worshippers that go out there and sacrifice animals and do their spells and shit. You know, people talk. But if that is what the, you know, word on the trail is. Yeah. I mean, if I found something with nails in its eyes, I wouldn't be like, oh, let me take that home. Also, we know that not all devil worshippers are what is being described here. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah, the, yeah. We're not, you know, we know. Yeah, that's why I said, like, word on the trail. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if they said, I don't even know, like, evangelical Christians 
are in this spot. But they're sacrificing animals before Passover or some shit. Yeah. yeah we'd still be like, like um, Yeah, no. And if I found a carved statue that looked kind of like Jesus, I wouldn't be like, oh, let me go take this home. Mm-hmm. And be like, no, you stay right here, baby Jesus. You right, you up in that cave. Roll that rock away. <laughs> I don't know why they put you back in there, but uh, I'm going to leave you. You heard let sleeping dogs lie, let fucking sleeping ghosts lie. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he said a couple of days later, his friend calls him and is like, look, I think the statue's haunted. Well, duh. Mm -hmm. Because it keeps moving from its spot. Mm -mm. And he keeps smelling weird stuff. He says he can't sleep at night because the banging on the walls keeps him up. Mm -mm. And he said, last night... In the story. Yeah, in the story. Last night, someone knocked on his door, but no one was there when he opened the door. And so he was, like, super weirded out. So he's like, oh, my God, I have a ghost because of the statue. And so Danny's like, it might be a coincidence, but he believes all this. Mm -hmm. This is why he said, don't move the statue. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's like, maybe, you know, he's worked up about it and this really isn't all happening. Yeah. Whatever. But his friend acted really scared and he never has really done that before. And so Danny wrote this and was like, before we set this on fire, I wanted to see if anyone knows what it is. Have you ever had anything like this or a statue causing ghosts? So then Danny edits the post and he said that his friend showed up at like 1130 and he's out of his mind fucking scared. He's never seen him like this before. So it's freaking Danny out. And and so he's like, all right, I'm going to write this all out. It's probably going to have a lot of typos and lots of whatever, but I've got to get this out because mm-hmm. he told me a whole fuck ton. Okay. I mean, I feel like you could just right click and fix the typos, but I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Gertrude. <laughs> Look, that's a that's a voiceo. <laughs> voiceo. That is not a typo. <laughs> oh god. That is so funny. No, I totally get it. When I'm trying to fix shit, I'm like, wait, what was I gonna say after that? I had a really good thing I was Look, just say. type it all out and then just go back and right click. I mean, I true. get I get like the autocorrects and like the own instead of one. Like that shit that shit's not gonna be caught. But, I mean, come on. This is why you can't do Reddit. (laughs) But he says, long story short, he's sleeping over because there's something in his house. So he kind of reiterated that they found the statue on Sunday. So he said that the knocking and the banging, that was bad enough. But by Wednesday, he started waking up in the middle of the night feeling like someone was watching him. Mm -mm. This kept happening throughout the week. And every time he'd wake up... He would smell a really strong scent like pond water. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Danny's like, my friend doesn't believe in the paranormal and everything. So he is just like, eh, whatever. It's weird, but okay. Um, Clearly he's not if he's coming flipping the fuck out and sleeping at your house. Well, this is him hashing out what happened before. Okay. I gave you the long story short. Okay. This is a long Long story. story. Long. (laughs) Yeah. So he ignored it for a few days, but then the statue moved from his desk into his living room. Mm -mm. And then he said every night since Thursday, it's moved into a different room 
than where he left it. He thought his dog was moving it because it smelled, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, but my dog won't go anywhere near it. And she's actually peed in the house three times and she hasn't done that in for fucking ever. Yeah. Because again, dogs know what's up. Uh Uh-huh. So do cats. Yeah. Much as I don't like them. (laughs) They always do. So he got that knock on his door at 3 in the morning. No one was there. His motion lights did not turn on. There were no cars in his driveway. Like, dead silence. Nothing. But he said when he opened that door, he knew he made a big mistake. (gasps) He said he got the overwhelming feeling, I shouldn't have opened this door. So Danny... It's like, all right, at this point, I have no reason to not believe him because he's taken it way too far for it to be a joke now. Mm-hmm. And he, when he called Danny, he sounded really fucking scared. So he's like, look, I'm going to burn this fucking statue. I don't want it. And so that's when Danny's like, hold, hold the phone. Don't fucking burn it, dude. I even know that. Anyway, he stays up all night, then decided I'm going to go to the movies, take my mind off of it. Just chillax. When he got home, he felt like everything was fine. So he's like, all right, I'm finally going to go to fucking bed. And this is where it gets super fucked up. That's what Danny says. I like this Danny character. It has a little fanfare to it. Mm-hmm. A little fuckery, if you will. He said that when he woke up, it wasn't until like 10 in the morning because, again, he hadn't slept. Mm-hmm. But it was because his dog was barking like crazy. He said that pond water smell was so strong. And when he went out into his hallway, he saw all of these muddy footprints (gasps) everywhere. Not like shoe prints, but barefoot. No. No. All of his doors and windows were locked. Because, again, that phantom knocking, he's like, oh no, nothing's getting in here. Mm -hmm. Besides when I open the door. But, you know, so, mm -mm. he said there's no fucking way anyone could have gotten inside. When he started to go near the footprints, he heard someone breathing close to his ear. And it was like Darth Vader kind of breathing. Mm -hmm. So, that's when he peaced the fuck out. And he's over at Danny's house. And he brought his dog to I was just about to say, he better fucking brought his dog. Mm -hmm. So, Danny again is updating Mm -hmm. on the Reddit thing. Because people are... You know, commenting and stuff. And so he's like, look, I've never seen my friend so scared. He one point started crying when he was telling me about the breathing. I have no fucking clue what to do. Like, again, it's way too far for it to be a joke. Like, mm-hmm. it's not funny. It's, yeah, you know, like, dude, this has been fucking days, you mm-hmm. know. So he wants to go to the house, get the statue, and then take it back to the cave or burn it Throw it away. He doesn't want it in his house. But he didn't want to do it at night because... Right. You know, I mean, we all know. Shit's nocturnal. (laughs) So, over the next several hours, the Post received dozens of responses. And a lot of them had different advice. Some believed that the carving had roots in voodoo, like you said. Others said it was satanic cults. And then some were like... It's probably just a creepy statue that they put in this cave 
to, you know, fuck with hikers that Mm -hmm. find it or to make you not want to go to the cave and see whatever they have maybe hidden there. Yeah. You know, like, whatever, their little stash. So, from now on, we're going to talk about what happened to the guy who now has the statue. We don't get to know. It's coming. Okay. Go with me, Carrie. Go okay, with me I'm on going this. on the journey. Mm-hmm. Magic carpet ride. Okay. It's a whole new world. <laughs> All right. So his name is Greg Newkirk, and he's the director of a paranormal and occult traveling museum, and he does that with his wife, Dana Matthews. So a little backstory. Six degrees of separation shed. A few months prior to all of this, Dana and Greg assisted the people on finding Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. That uh, show? Mm-hmm. So they were on there helping them, you know, mm-hmm. find Bigfoot. So at the tail end of the season, one of the production assistants, Chris Carter, taking a break from filming, he's in the production van. He's scrolling through Reddit when he stumbles on Danny's thread. So after he's like spent a lot of time on the road with mm-hmm. Greg and Dana, he's like, hmm, they like this, you know, kind of yeah. stuff. They know how to do this. So he commented and was like, you need to get in contact with Greg, kind of gave him his information and everything. So Danny reached out and kind of sent a link to the Reddit post and was like, this is what we're dealing with. And so Greg is like, all right, didn't take me long because you need to go return that where you got it. And you also should apologize to whoever, whatever, put it there and give an offering. So Greg asked a few questions about the location that they discovered it in and was like, whatever you do, do not burn this. Mm -hmm. Don't throw it away. He ended by saying, Danny, if you are truly frightened and you don't know what to do, you don't want to go back to the cave, you don't want to do any of this, Dana and I will take it. We'll store it. Like, we know how to handle stuff like this. So, like, you know, I mean, there is an end. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, two days later, Greg receives another email. And it's from Danny. And he said, thank you for the advice. Today, we went back to my friend's house to get the statue and return it. When they got there, they saw muddy footprints again. And the whole place smelled like a dog had just rolled around in the dirt. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. His dog wouldn't even go in the house. So his friend went to show Danny, like, here's where the statue is. It was gone. So they found it in the hallway. And there was a big crack in the wall. Like it had been thrown there. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've never touched that thing to move it. Like, I left it over here. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? So then they were like, all right, we're going to do what Greg says. We're going to. Say we're sorry to the statue. You know, kind of explain whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. explain the sitch. And at this point, they kind of were overwhelmed with the feeling that they should not go back to the cave or anything. Like, just get rid of this. Mm -hmm. Well, when they were standing in the hallway talking about this, his dog started barking like crazy outside. 
well, when they went to see what was going on, they both saw a woman standing in the dark corner of his living room. She was totally naked, really old, and dripping with water. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And her eyes sort of glowed in the dark. She was hunched over near his shelves, and they both freaked the fuck out, ran outside. Which, yeah. Yeah. I would have, too. Mm-hmm. And he said, this was the middle of the day. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Finally, they're like, look, we got to get the statue because we have to send it to Greg. I need it out of my life. Well, they go in. Old lady's not there anymore. They grab the statue, apologized again, wrapped it in a pillowcase, put it in a box, and sent it on. Mailed it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mr. Postman. Right? Well, and apparently, Greg had asked a few questions, again, about the location and mm-hmm. everything. And so, he and he was like, P.S. They didn't see any jewelry or pictures or anything with the statue. So, it wasn't like an altar. Mm-hmm. There were just leaves covering everything. And there was some broken glass and a cup near the fire. And Danny said that his friend thinks there might have been some hair on the statue. Mm-hmm. But he brushed it off. Not even thinking about anything. So, less than a week later, a small box arrived at Weird HQ, which is where Greg and Dana live, work, you know, all the things. So, Dana's the one who carried the box in. She placed it on Greg's desk, and they carefully, you know, cut the package open. He said there's a hard lump in a stained pillowcase. I'm like, damn, call him out. I thought the stains were from the statue, like the mud and stuff. Oh. 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 Okay. Mm, I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess it's it could a guy. Be. I mean, it could be, I guess, but I just assumed. <laughs> he said immediately when he uncovered it and saw it, he knew that whoever, whatever created this, it wasn't nice. He said there are a few things just off the top that didn't seem right to him, though, that... While the carving looked weathered and old, and the nails were, you know, old as fuck, too, the rope around its neck looked like a year old at best. Hmm. So, he's like, all right, look, it could be a hoax. You know, this could all be fake. Or, it could be something that people, like, this is a statue, and it had its eyes, you know, hammered out. But then, later on... The worshippers or whoever mm-hmm. did another spell or did whatever and then did the rope later, like building onto it. Yeah. Or it was like a binding spell and they had to get a piece of old wood and mm. some old nails and then wrap the rope to bind it. Yeah. True, true. I don't know. Just guessing. Same. So with all items that arrive at the museum, they take photos jot down measurements, you know, just Mm -hmm. take it all. They are meticulous. After that, they locked the office and went to run errands. They have so much shit that gets sent to them and Mm -hmm. that they buy. Like, having something that's haunted is not a big deal. They're like, all right, we'll just leave it, come back, blah, blah, blah. Go eat lunch. Yes. And again, he's like, this might even be a hoax. Like, who knows? Because it is Reddit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Later that evening, they are back. They're sitting in their living room, watching a movie, and then they hear 
a commotion in the office. So Greg was like, look, I thought it was our cats fighting. So I'm like, I'll break up the cat fight. But as he got closer to the office, he noticed that the door has been shut. The cats couldn't get in there. And later he noticed that they were in another room entirely and they were underneath the bed acting like they were afraid to come out. Oh, God. So, he walks back into the office, and he's like, let me see what the fuck the sound was. Well, everything looked all right until he almost stepped on Jesus. So, laying on the floor is a figurine of Jesus, and it's normally nailed to a crucifix (gasps) that's on the wall. So, he's like, oh, fuck. Gets him up, and he's like, damn, he's missing his arm. What? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, on the complete opposite side of the room than the wall it's usually on. He said he couldn't find the nail that is supposed to go into, like, yeah, the other parts, you know, hands and feet. I swear to God, I was just <laughs> thinking that, and I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it'd be too dark. <laughs> I know. Well, sitting directly below was this artifact. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And they call it the crone. The crone of the cat skills. So he tells Dana about it, and she's like, look, it might not have been that. It's very, like, mm-hmm. conspicuous, yeah, yeah, that it's there. But let's set up a 24-hour surveillance on it and see what happens around it. They placed, you know, a motion-activated camera, all of this stuff. And for nearly two months, it sat in the room. Nothing was paranormal about it. Just boring old shit. And he went on to say, like, of course there are bumps in the night, but they're like the fucking Warrens and have all this shit. I mean, you can't say, like, that was the crone. Yeah. You know? When it could have been fucking Annabelle. Right. (laughs) Well, everything kind of changed on March 2nd between the hours of, what, 3 and 4 a.m. The camera triggered three times. The first one showed some anomalies floating, so like orbs in and out of the frame. Those orbs had its own light source, which was weird because there was no light Mm -hmm. in there. But they looked frame by frame by frame at when it was triggered, and they noticed that the crone had moved ever so slightly on its own. And then shit got stranger. Several weeks later, Dana called Greg into the living room and was like, why the fuck did you stand on the couch? Like, were you reaching for something? Like, Mm -hmm. what? And it was a wet footprint. Oh, God. She's back. And guess what else? The smell of pond water. Blech. Yeah, he said it stayed for days. And every time they could smell it, they had this intense feeling of dread and paranoia. And Greg said there was an undeniable sense that something was with us, just waiting for the right moment to reveal itself. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> well, that was real happy. Dun-dun-dun. Better. All right, fast forward one evening. They're in the middle of a TV show, which is a paranormal show. And the smell of pond water got so fucking bad 
they could not stand it. And so Greg is like, fuck this. Sometimes haunted objects are like children. They throw a fucking tantrum and you got to set them straight. So he storms into the office, grabs the crone, slammed it onto the coffee table. Greg and Dana explained they're happy to give the crone a home here. But this was their house and they had rules. And so he said, this is a conversation that he has to have with all the objects at some point, And it tends to work. He told it, look, no pond water smell after 8 p.m. <laughs> no knocking on the walls after 9. Mm-hmm. We have a bedtime around here. Right. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> he basically said, look, if we left you with the hikers, you'd probably be burned in garbage somewhere, whatever. But you're in this house. You're welcome here. But if you don't respect the situation, you're going in the fucking box. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the box is like solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. As soon as he uttered those words, Dana sprang up from the couch and was like, what is that sound? It's rushing water. Like, what the fuck? And he said that they had dealt with a broken pipe recently. And so he was like, the sound of water freaks us the fuck out because, you know, it's not fucking cheap. Mm -hmm. Well, they rushed toward the sound, but when they got to the hallway close to it, it stopped. There was no water, but behind them, back in the living room, they could hear the dull thud of something hitting the floor. The crone had managed to roll off the coffee table and under their TV stand. Damn. So, Greg bent down to get it, and as he is about to stand because he got it, Dana yells out, rushes, and, like, when he looks up at her, she's propping the television up (gasps) with both hands because it had nearly fallen on his fucking head. Oh, my God. He said they both kind of looked at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah. At that moment, three loud knocks were heard on the living room walls, and he said it rattled the picture frames. It was so hard. It made the light bulbs flicker. Shit. And so he said, in the box, you fucking go. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he said that evening, the crone is one of those objects that is going to be stored in the box. It's not going to have, you know, its own little place on the shelf. Mm-hmm. No. And they're going to travel with it because he does want to educate people and all of that. And, I mean, that's how they make their money. But he was like, it's going to be a look, don't touch artifact, and we're going to have it in the box mm-hmm. most of the time. Well, almost immediately, people began to experience strange symptoms around the object. The most common was burning sensation of the eyes. Mm-mm. And everyone had that overwhelming fear and anxiety. It became almost unbearable when they would unlock the padlock. Why would they ever unlock the padlock then? So people can feel fear and pay the money. Duh. That's dumb. That's not dumb. That's business. Marcus Lemonis would do it on the profit. Well, here's the thing, though. They're not going to fucking take it out. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just like fucking sending 
spending four hours watching Dibbic Douche not open the Dibbic Douche box. Um, they take it out more than he does. I'm just saying, though. Look, Greg and Dana should not be compared to Dibbic Douche. Now, you know he's back to your bedazzled boo. Only on Saturdays. <laughs> so they've had psychics and sensitives come to their shows, and their reactions are stronger mm-hmm. when it's the crone rather than any other object. Some believe that it is a curse intended to bind and kill an unlucky victim. And there's a psychic and everyone who listens to this, not everyone, 90% of the people will know Chip Coffee. He is an acclaimed psychic. Well, he was like, look, I want to straight up exercise this bitch and like with holy water and we need the pope to bless it like this shit is strong damn there's another medium named april slaughter so april said that she would do a reading on the crone and they're like great we have this 20th annual haunted american conference in alton illinois and so let's do that from the reading she gathered that whatever is attached to the crone is an it, not a she. This artifact in the cave has been used several times over the course of many years. The purpose wasn't always the same, but the carving and the entity attached to it was. So that would explain some of the mismatched shit. Well, as they traveled around to different locations, people always wanted to see the crone. And a lot of them said that they had the musty smell right when they got close. And then they would have that creepy feeling that something was behind them. Mm -mm. And some even captured some photographs that show that it moved. So nearly six months after the crone arrived to their weird HQ, it is still on the no-touch list. It is still sealed with the padlock case. That they just unlock every so often? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's a clear case, like Robert the Doll's in. Yeah, but I just don't understand why they just... Let me just click the padlock. So he said the biggest mystery still is what is its intended purpose? Because he said, with paranormal, intention is everything. Mm-hmm. If you go into a haunted location and you're like oh my God, it's going to be so scary. It's like, I'm going to have this aggressive ghost and all of this. You'll probably have one because that's your intention. So he was like, all right, it took a lot of time. It was carved by hand. So it had a specific purpose in mind. And he said, just think about this. Every rusty nail received a mental command as it was hammered into the figure's wooden eye sockets. And the noose around its neck was tied with the hidden desire in mind. He also added that his personal belief is that the crone was created as an attempt to summon the spirit of a local witch for some purpose. His wife Dana, though, doesn't agree with him. And she thinks that the figure was created as a sort of protection object to ward against this the rituals that were going on. But back to Chip coffee he said that he still doesn't know the intent either but he does think that the entity is a babylonian spirit named marduk Mm -mm. and 
he is like this really powerful entity. He has like 50 names that he could go by. And what's interesting is that Marduk is usually associated with water. Hmm. So Greg reached out to Danny several times after this because he wanted to know the exact location so they could go and just see yeah. if anything's there. Well, Danny used a throwaway. He didn't want his name attached to, like, yeah. you know, Danny Phantom up there. Yeah. And so he put, like, wigged, wigged hyper throwaway. Like, you know, so yeah. people know. Like, yeah, if you look at it, you might be like, he doesn't have any upvotes. He's a, yeah. he's lying. But, like, no, it's because of this. So he couldn't get Danny. And so he's like, cool, cool. So they had that 24-7 live feed that was doing a surveillance of the crone. Well, you could view that from your computer. So it would have like hundreds of people watching this just to see if anything happened. Well, there was electromagnetic fluctuations, light anomalies, and the feeling of uneasiness of the people who were viewing it. They also said that while they were viewing it, some viewers had power outages, Mm -mm. electric equipment failures, and burning eyes. Nope. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, a pond-like scent. How is that thing powerful enough to go all those places that all those people watching? Fake. Which I don't know, but that's really powerful. If I wake up to a fucking pond smell tonight. Well, I mean, people... I mean, that's basically what TV does. Just saying. It's not fucking Wonka Vision. It's not sending a pond smell. <laughs> but it plays tricks on your mind. Just yeah. like just like the magicians when they're like, pick a card and like it was interactive. Do you, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like on their specials, it'd be like, I can show you what you picked. And like you would pick it and like, you know, like double this by your birthday, blah, blah, blah. And it would, it would oh, equal yeah, out yeah. to be the thing. Like that's the same thing. And you're like... Whoa. Yeah. That's it. And again, if you are intending to be like, okay, this is going to get here and blah, blah, blah. True. So near the end of their little surveillance thing, they were like, all right, let's get some experiments. What do you want to see us do with the crone? Well, some wanted them to use the voodoo coffin nail. Some wanted holy water and some wanted a crucifix as trigger objects. The voodoo coffin nail comes from a piece often used in real-life voodoo rituals. And he said for years, magic practitioners would use coffin nails to punish their enemies. They would pull the nails of poor souls who met their (gasps) ends in terrible fashions. Well, then those rusty nails were rumored to inflict the same pain on the victims, whoever the practitioner chose. Wow. Yeah. So they had all of that. Well, on the crone's last night of the 24-hour watch, the crone appeared to flick the nail away. Uh Uh-uh. Yes. Then on July 6, 2016, Greg woke up to a chilling message that was sent to the Facebook page. Well, the message was from a regular of the live feed chat. And she said that she could no longer view the live feeds 
when the crone or the idol of nightmares, which is a cursed voodoo statue that causes terrible dreams, if you look at it. Mm-mm. I don't she, need any help with that. <laughs> she was like, look, if they're on display, I cannot look at this because I had an entity come to me in my sleep and deliver a message. Mm-mm. Nope. This is what she said. I have stayed up and watched your live events and your items being streamed for the past month. I'm a former massage therapist with training in Reiki. Once I started my training, I really started to see and feel the paranormal. Well, after last night's live feed, I stayed up to wish Billy a hello, which that's what the Idol of Nightmares is called. Okay. Well, around 4.40-ish in the morning, she woke up to the weight of someone sitting on her back. No. So she said, I figured it was our two-year-old daughter. So she's like, this is how heavy it was. Like, I thought it was legit Yeah, my daughter. When she moved, she actually felt leg-like limbs extend Mm-mm. and slide off of her. No. She said her whole body was flushed with heat and broke out into goosebumps. And at the same time, sweat. She said, moments later, there was a loud bang followed by her two dogs running to the living room from the beds in their laundry room. The worst part is, prior to waking up, she was dreaming that a woman was whispering into my ear that Greg has swallowed the missing crucifix nails. (gasps) That she dropped them in his mouth while he was sleeping, and that's why she wrote to him because... She's like, look, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt, but this is just what I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I want you to know, but I got to back off because, like, I got a daughter. Like, this is too much. She's going down. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. Well, he said as soon as he read that message, a cold chill ran down his spine because just days after the crone arrived... He came down with some severe stabbing stomach pains, which lasted for about a week. And he said the piercing pain was enough to make him consider a hospital visit. But he never thought about it being tied to the Crohn's arrival. Yeah. But that is crazy. So he said that they bring the Crone to all of their events and he likes to get the information from the people like what are your gut feelings yeah all of this to try to understand it more because they still don't know who the entity attached is for sure and so he's like i want to know and if i get more information from other people this will help me so he said that Even though they haven't met the entity and things did calm down, every so often, the scent of pond water fills the air. I mean, like, could it be any other type of water? That's disgusting. Right? You know what that reminds me of? Elisa Lamb and that dark water. Mm -hmm. So, we will have the videos where you can see the chrome moving. Oh, I don't know if I want to watch it. And the pictures, because it is scary looking. And I got a lot of this from Reddit, of course, and the website Week in Weird, because Greg wrote a whole long article about it. So I use that a lot. But that is the crone of the Catskills. So Danny Boy just disappeared? Mm-hmm. 
he was like, boy, bye. Mm. Well, even if all that stuff from him isn't real, they still are experiencing it. Yeah. Damn. I I don't know if I want to look. You want to look? No, I really don't think I do. (laughs) I mean, like, I want to know what it looks like, but then again, I really don't. But I told you I think it's binding something. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. I feel like that's, like, Spirit 101. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everyone watched the craft. True. I bind you, blah, blah, blah. That's all I remember them saying. (laughs) Oh, shit. I mean. Look, I always know words to stuff. (laughs) Well, that was really good. I really liked that one. Yay! I have wanted to do a haunted object again, but then, like, couldn't find one that I really wanted. I mean, it, it takes a lot to go after the Dybbuk box. I know, right? Yeah, I really liked that. That was good. Awesome! I mean, here's what I can say. Number one, what I learned is don't go hiking. <laughs> no. Because it ain't ever going to be good. You either going to die you going to find a dead body, or you're going to find a fucking haunted shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't go chasing hiking trails. Or Stick. waterfalls. <laughs> yep, or waterfalls. TLC taught us that. Mm-hmm. I mean, stick to the places you're used to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> back porch, living room, bathroom, bedroom. Well, the other thing I learned is mind your fucking business, Danny boy and friend. Uh-huh. And don't be getting shit that's not fucking yours. Mm-hmm. Look at all the shit you cause because you can just let fucking good enough stay a well. Or what's the saying? What? You know what I mean? Well enough well stay enough good. Well enough alone? Well, yeah. You couldn't leave well enough. I was like, well enough stay good? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't leave well enough alone. Mm-hmm. And so you done fucked up everybody. Well, also... If you think about it, if they found that statue and it had all those leaves around it and stuff, they picked it up. And what if there was, like, an arm underneath it or whatever? And that could be a crime scene and you touch the statue Mm -hmm. and shit. Like, when you're in a cave, when you are off of a trail, don't just willy-nilly pick down. One, there could be a snake. Mm -hmm. Two. There could be a roach. Spider. Why do you have to say that word? All of the nasty Mouse. Okay. Too much, too much. This is why I stay inside. Even though they come inside, oh my God. Well, there could be all those things. So leave people shit alone. (laughs) Yes. And the other thing that I learned, that Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't really learn this. I feel like I already knew this. But we need to do, like, I don't know what we need to do, but we need to do something about these stupid ass laws where people who are committing these horrific, violent crimes are getting out of jail Yes. Paroled early for good behavior and all this bullshit. And then you've got, again, people with these nonviolent offenses Mm -hmm. that are staying in longer than them. And I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like blah, blah, blah about drugs because I know that's always my example, but that's just because it's an easy example. Mm -hmm. But all of these nonviolent offenders are staying in for all this time. And then you've got these fuckers like old David. Who's getting out after seven years when he tried to kill somebody? Yes. He kidnapped him, tried to rape her, and tried to kill her. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker got out, did it again, got out again, <laughs> and fucking did it again. Oh, yeah. And one time at the very beginning when he molested children. Mm-hmm. So, four motherfucking times. Yep. That's my soapbox slash what I learned slash <laughs> we need to change it, but slash I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm just going to do like everybody else and bitch with no change. Yeah. <laughs> that is what we're good at. I mean, if the soapbox fits, stand on it. <laughs> we want to know, would you pick up something you found in a cave that looked like it's from ancient times? Like a totem or... I mean, I fucking watched that episode of The Brady Bunch when Greg took that little totem thing from the cave and he almost died on his surfboard. (laughs) I mean, it's true. We all know what happened to Aladdin. I mean, look, you can't just pick shit up. Mm Mm-mm. Well, and if it has, like, here's the thing. It's not like it's fucking... A seashell? Yeah, it's got nails in its eyes and a noose around its neck. That's like if the people in Blair Witch touched those little tree things. And they didn't because they know. Mm-mm. Like Donna said, let us know what you think. If you would do it, not do it. Send us your sensor sightings and emails. And don't forget to subscribe, review all the things on all the podcast things. <laughs> and remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.